This is the final episode of this series with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, How to Love Your Neighbor When. So how am I supposed to love the enemy? How am I supposed to do good to those who hurt me? That's what the Bible says to do. And it actually even tells us that when you act with kindness towards these folk, that it's like heaping hot coals on their head. It's like, they don't even know what to do with this. Yeah. I think it would almost, that would be a stunning thing for for that to happen. Not that you want to burn the person's head. No, it's not the in, intent of hurting or, or being violent towards the other. I'm going to care so much for you. You're going to hurt. <laughs> I think it, it's a shocking. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, what? I did this thing to you and this is your response? So we've gone over how to love our neighbor when they're grieving. We've gone over how to love our neighbor that rejects God. Might be a little bit of crossover from last week. The yeah. person that hurts you might be somebody that's not a Christian. Yeah. But this is kind of this week all encompassing. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. We can still be hurt deeply, betrayed deeply by people. And so what we ask while you um, listen to this episode is you think about that person, that wound that you have. And it's not a, yeah, let's just let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. It's how do we, in in keeping step with justice, yes. still learn to forgive and move forward in peace. So that is something active in our faith. It's not passive. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And we're, we're speaking with one of the very best people we could be talking to on the matter. It's Chief Troy Finner. He is the Houston Police Department's chief, and he's been at his post for 30 years and in charge of a group of people who do their best to lay down their lives to serve the community. What an interesting perspective to love and serve as best they can, even unto people that do some of the most outrageous crimes. Well, I think you should look at your Christian uh, foundation um, and and your upbringing, Um, no matter what. And it's very hard to do when uh, somebody is, hurting yourself, your family members, or the community, but uh, God calls us all to love. It was uh, not an option um, in, in this faith. Um, that's a really a commandment, you know, uh, love thy neighbor. And it's very easy to do that uh, when somebody's loving you back. The challenge is, is when they're not loving you, when they're doing destructive things in, in the community, and um, you still need to love them. Yet and still, I'm the chief of police. So um, there's a, a thing called accountability, and uh, we have to hold people accountable. But um, you, you love them with respect and dignity, uh, even when they're wrong, uh, not jeopardizing your officer's safety. But, and I think it's a great model, uh, whatever faith you are. Um, I think in any faith, um, you should love people, um, and, and you should be forgiving. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't hold people accountable. And uh, some people that uh, commit violent crime after violent crime, there's a place for them. And, and sometimes you have to love them from a distance, and that may be in jail. Um, but uh, when you are a leader um, and you, 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 you call yourself a Christian leader, I, I think the love of people uh, should shine in you. And uh, when you do that, are you able to do that? It makes you a more effective leader because... People understand they can trust you, and and they know in terms, hey, you love all community. Um, You you don't love the bad about it, but um, you love all people. And and that's something that my mother instilled in me, and um, uh, I miss her so much. Uh, I lost her last year, but 
she instilled that in us and, and all of my sisters and brothers. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate of that. So, How did you see your mom as an example in loving people well? Was there something that stood out maybe even in your childhood that you saw her go out of her way to love people well, even when she wasn't being well, loved my, by them? Yeah. My, my mother um, was really the godmother of Hiram Clark, I would say. Um, and the first thing she showed me, no matter what we have, and, and we didn't have a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. Whatever you had, you shared it. Um, and, and, and she was a, a, a stern, disciplinary person, but she was loving and forgiving. And, and I would see uh, people mistreat my mom, and, and, and I would see her stand up, but at the same time, tell a person, hey, you're wrong, and, and, and I don't like it, but I love you. And, and I forgive you and we're going to move forward. So um, I'm eternally grateful uh, for that uh, and, and my mom and, and, and uh, showing me the example of, of, of how Christians should truly be. You, you mentioned we can love them, but we might have to love them from a distance in jail. And that, that justice aspect comes to mind. You know, Rochelle and I both are actually from Oklahoma. And I'll never forget about the officers that had to uh, see that scene in Oklahoma City in 1995. Uh, and then guard Timothy McVeigh to make sure that he was safe so that he could get a fair trial. Now, that that's loving uh, so that fairness and true justice, not a mob mentality, can take place. Is there a an instance that comes to mind in your career where you had to protect and show justice uh, on their behalf for the person that you clearly saw wrong somebody else or maybe even wronged you? You. Yeah. In Houston, in 32 years, uh, um, a number of incidents uh, um, where people have committed just notorious, uh, hideous crimes, and and you have to take them down, um, and, and you, you still treat them with dignity. Um, you don't love what they've done, um, and, and, and to be honest with you, you don't love them at that moment, mm. but... Uh, you still have a job to do, and 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 all of our officers need to know that. Um, it's the same thing in in, in protests, and we hadn't talked about that. A public assembly, somebody may be protesting for something you truly don't believe in, and and you're on the the total other spectrum uh, of whatever um, issue it is. But what's our job? Mm-hmm. To serve and protect, and and. Pro- uh, uh, democratic uh, uh, constitutional uh, rights. Um, so that goes with everything you look at. It's regardless of, of what an individual has done, the crime they committed. Uh, we are police officers. We're on the front line of the criminal justice. We're not the judge. Get them, get them in handcuffs. Uh, hopefully we can do it safely. Get them down to the other part of the criminal justice system, but let's do our job. And Really, really eat, uh, difficult to truly forgive an individual. And, and, and what comes to mind with me, uh, let's talk about recent cases. Our little baby, you know, uh, somebody shot and killed out here. And, and it's, you, you see these, these cases, you know, pop up every so often. And it's tough mm. because when you have kids in yourself, you impinged your own family. Mm-hmm. My God, you know, my, my son is, 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 is this age or, or my grandkid is this age or what, you know, so yeah. um, it's difficult. But uh, one thing that I, I want our, our uh, citizens to know 
a big part of it is, is, is spiritual, but also getting yourself some help. And, and we don't talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, we have a very, very robust psych services and peer support. And we see the worst of the worst as, as police officers. And sometimes if, if, if you just stay there and you don't have a strong spiritual base, you can become cynical. And uh, that's the last thing we want, you know. So keep loving people, uh, keep being forgiven, but get yourself some spiritual and some mental health. Um, and it starts with a spiritual base, but uh, God gave us some good common sense, too. And sometimes he's placed people and professions in our path uh, to assist us. Um, So um, we want to do that. Yeah, I love that you're talking about getting help because I know that forgiveness in so many of these cases must be a process, especially when nobody is, um, you know, apologizing for the act. And and, and perhaps you encounter an apology every once in a while, but... I was going to ask if there was a go-to verse for you in your heart, especially in those moments where you said, when we got to take the guy down or the girl down, and in that moment, I'm not really feeling a whole lot of love. Where do you go to compartmentalize later? You you know, um, there's a lot of good verses in in, in the book, in the great book, Mm. and I don't have one favorite um, because... And this may sound a little bit strange, but what I've learned in, in, in my life, people take scripture sometimes and they bend it the way that they want to bend it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the good book is a life experience. Mm-hmm. And you get, you gather all of those verses and, and, and all of those great books in the Bible and you read them and you, and you go through them and you study them every day. So it is a complete, not total understanding because as y'all know, as Christians, <laughs> You, you can go through that, that great book many times, front to back, and every time you pick it up, you, you, you learn something else. So, um, And I, I just encourage people, whatever faith you are, study it and, 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 and look at it for what it's, what it's meant, the true sense of, of helping people, loving people, and, and, and making someone else's life better. Um, you, you know, I, I had to say this, uh, uh, but I do want to say it. The most rewarding thing in my job is it's not so much of the perks I get from being the chief and the relationships because that that's part of it. But the most motivating and the, just the best feeling to me is I can reach my hand because of, 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 of my authority and, and, and the power that is granted to me by the citizens and also God, most importantly. I can reach my hand in a situation that's turmoil and, and, and destruction and, and, and just dissent, and I can make it better. That's a great thing, and that, that's a true blessing from God. So I, I share that with my officers because, you know, we can always look at the negative. But my God, look at what you can do with the job, the authority of the office, and, and the profession. It's done right. You can do so much good. And, and, and um, I wake up in the morning. Um, and, and I got this from my mom too. You know what? Find somebody who you can help. Find somebody that's less off, at least off than you are, and and try to help. Them. That's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. A fascinating look at a job that would be incredibly hard to do because, especially in even a thirty-year career, yeah, he's got to remember two, three, four people that was like, man, 
that person's vile. Whenever I've had the pleasure of talking with him, I'm always struck by the humility. Yeah. Of Mr. Finner, Chief Finner. And um, I love when he answered about, hey, do you have a scripture verse that immediately helps you in that, in the heat of the moment, when you are dealing with the person you were taking down, and in that moment you admitted to, I'm not really loving them in that moment. I'm really frustrated. Yeah. Because of perhaps where he's put his uh, chief's fellow officers, he's put them in harm's way. So I'm frustrated. I want to take this person out. And his answer was really good. And it was one of my favorite answers ever. He's like, look, I can't just lift one scripture up from my Bible and say that this is my go-to every time because sometimes I think we have a tendency to take one scripture and we will lean in our own purposes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to what it says and kind of twist maybe what its full intent was. And so I, I go for, and that's not to say you can't have a favorite scripture. I'm not suggesting that. I don't think he is either, but he's at all of scripture together combined, which is what we, we talk about on our podcast that Jesus came to fulfill the law in order to help us get to that place where we can say yes to him and then grab hold of what God has for us in eternity. Yeah. It's a, it's an all encompassing book. And I really appreciated his honesty with that answer. I think it's very interesting and we'll probably get into a little bit of this with these other couple of examples, but um, whatever the feelings are, we've had a lot of conversation about feelings on this podcast before that they're not everything. And I I think this is a really good uh, topic to, it really doesn't matter what your feelings are. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, if somebody kills my family member, Mm -hmm. There's going to be hate. Mm. There's going to be uh, frustrations, not even close enough of a word. Um, but but what should I do? I think actions are going to be key here because I'm always going to wrestle with how on earth could you do that to my family member? Yeah. Uh, but if I get the opportunity to uh, show revenge, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen it in the courtroom even, and I don't blame them because we all feel this way or would feel this way. You know, they're getting sentenced or they're, or, or they're, you know, they're, you know, pleading guilty or not guilty. Or the and person the, gets a slap on the wrist and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And the family member comes up out of nowhere and tackles them. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But that is a perfect example of regardless of what my feelings are, mm-hmm. the simple thing to do is to make sure that my actions show I'm being obedient to God mm-hmm. because I'm not the judge. God is the judge. That's right. Legally, we do need to full out, you know, we justice is is super key in the Bible as well. So people should get punished for their crimes. Uh, there's even church punishment for, quote, their crimes, you know. Uh, but I'm not the one to show punishment. So if I get that opportunity to tackle somebody or take their life, mm. that's where I got to go, no, I'm going to show them respect and seek true justice, not this mob mentality that that comes to our our, our forefront. It is, when you were sharing that, I was thinking of Jesus's mother. I was thinking about what that would have felt like to be in a set of circumstances that are beyond your control, which I'm pretty sure she arrived at that place of understanding everything was out of her control anyway, because it was the Holy Spirit that came over her. And she is giving birth to a baby as a virgin. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) She has a pretty clear understanding right off the bat. Sure. There's somebody bigger in this situation than me. And he's in control and it's God and it's not me. But 
I, I cannot fathom that. To see people yelling at your son while they're killing him? Mutilating him. And then the words that came out of his mouth are forgiveness mm-hmm. and absolving the people of, of guilt. Yeah. And so if, if you've ever wondered, is there an example in the Bible of a family member being done something wrong in this is horrific way. I mean, there, there's a prime example right there. Yeah. And that she, she stood at the cross with John and that even then, of course, Jesus was thinking of his mom and making sure she was taken care of, but that actually not just John, that's your mom and mom, that's your son. Yeah, they were taking care of each other. His, his, his thoughts were showing us even then in those moments where he's being hurt, that they should be uh, moments spent serving others. Mm. And so I, I'm, I'm gleaning from the example of Mary, who we're not hearing she's going ballistic. We're not seeing her attack the Roman soldiers. Mm-hmm. I would imagine in that moment, I would feel very justified in attacking somebody. Yeah. But from a very early age, and perhaps it was, yeah, that moment when she said to Gabriel, let it be unto me as you have said, and releasing all of this over into the care of God. This must mean something beyond my own understanding. Mm-hmm. And can I entrust it to God the Father who from the very beginning said, I, I'm going to put you in this position, Mary, of mothering the Messiah. And so that is so much easier to say than to do. But to see that example and, and for the fact that Jesus didn't just leave us without any direction, he exemplified what we're to be, to serve. So I, there's a couple of things in scripture, I think, that we can look to in terms of loving your enemy. And one of them I just recently went over in Samuel. It talks about David. He's been anointed by the prophet Samuel. We know he's going to be king someday, but there's still a king sitting on the throne. It's King Saul. And King Saul is super jealous He's probably unstable. He has done a lot of stuff in his career as king that's questionable. And certainly Samuel is not about him anymore. He's like, man, you, you keep disobeying. God's given you chance after chance and he is going to rip your kingdom away from you. And it's, it's not gonna be your son's lineage here on the throne. It's, it's going to another. And now he's jealous of David. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he's got a pretty, he's got a pretty strong inkling that it was, uh, that David is gonna take over his throne. But, David has done nothing to show anything but support to the king. He is very faithful. He serves the king. I mean, there's these times where he's playing the harp and the king just throws a spear at him. Like, I'd be done with that job that yeah. day. Yeah, sounds like I would back. move on. Is McDonald's hiring? I'll do anything at this point. <laughs> All right. All right, jingles for commercials. I don't want to yeah. play the harp for you anymore. <laughs> I'll get a gig somewhere else. But uh, there's this moment. It's a pretty amazing moment where it's one of the many chases where Saul is after David and he he gets to this place where the king Saul he has to relieve himself it's a cave David's got a band of guys with him he's got a lot of guys and they're hiding in that very cave as Saul and his whole troops they're all searching for David they're hiding in this place king goes in there to do his thing and David's men are like, all right, now's the chance. God has delivered your enemy into your hands. And David does this thing where he just, he must be, he's like ninja. I don't know. Stealth. 
because I would have heard him in the cave if it was me, but maybe he was tired. King Saul was tired. Who knows why? Didn't hear David come up behind him. David takes a little piece of his robe, cuts it off. And then when King Saul exits the cave, he's done doing his business. David waits for a minute so that he can get far enough away from the cave. So if he needs to have a running start, he'll have it. But he he exits the cave as well. And he follows Saul just for a second and says, hey, hey, King Saul. King Saul's like, is that you, my son? I don't know why he always calls him his son when he's being such a jerk. Yeah, right. <laughs> jerk to David, who by by the way, at one point was his actual son-in-law. And then Saul does this thing where he takes away his daughter from David and marries him to somebody else. It's like- Sounds like a great guy. It's a terrible relationship. Yeah. But he's like, hey, is that you, my son? David's like, God delivered you into my hand today, but I did not strike you down. I just want to show you, see this piece of your robe? I didn't touch you. I have no desire to hurt you in any way. I've been nothing but faithful. What's going on? And then King Saul in that moment, of course, is convicted. Oh, you're right. I'm wrong. I mean, give it a chapter or so. And you're right back in the same place where you started. He's going to be chasing him again soon enough. Mm But here's this moment where King David could have eliminated his enemy, his opponent. People would have said, we get it. In fact, you've already been anointed for kingship. That would have gotten you to the throne faster. But David did something else. He looked to what did God want him to do in the moment. And he always recognized that Saul was God's anointed. And you may not like the authority placed over you in the moment, but that is what God has appointed for that time. And you have to wait on God to remove that authority. You don't have the presumption to remove it. I thought that's an interesting way. So here's this guy, clearly his enemy has the opportunity it feels like everything has lined up to this moment where David could take him out and be left alone. And right, he doesn't right. take that. He does what, what's better. He loves God well. Yeah. So he loves God. That's the first commandment with all of his soul, his heart, mind, strength. And the second is like it, to love his neighbor as himself. And Jesus even says to love your enemy and do good to those who hurt you. And how do you do that? I think it has to start with loving God well, because then it trickles down to being able to love others well. There is, it, honestly, this is uh, not near the extreme circumstance, but it reminds me of a boss that I had at one of my first jobs out of college. And my boss was, um, we like got, got along and we're friendly. Was he a jerk? He was, he was. And you were. I'm trying to think about how to say deceptive. Okay. Yeah. So you liked him, but you knew you couldn't trust him or? It, it turned out that way. You okay. know, months go by, you work at a job. I was there about a year. Months go by and by, you know, my month three or four, I'm like, I don't think I can actually trust him and he's my boss. Oh. Um, I think he would turn me in, you know, or backstab me or whatever. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Oh, I think it's probably pretty common. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, unfortunately, this was not a ministry situation. Uh, happens there too, though. Um, and uh, by the end, I realized that he, um, if you've, I'm sure you've heard radio stations before. They're like, we're out here at Walmart. Come on out and win tickets to the concert. Like, and they just hang out there for a couple hours. They call them remotes. And I was supposed to do these remotes at a certain place of business. And uh, he came in one day and he said, hey, you know, they called me and, you know, I, I've been here a long time and they just, they just know me and. Uh, they requested that I be the one to do those. Oh, okay. Well, you get extra money for these. Oh. 
And but I understood if, if sure. that's what the client wants, they that's requested. what the client wants. It's fine. Uh, I found out right before I left uh, that was made up, and that the salesperson said, "No, that nobody's uh, ever requested." He him wanted the gigs for his own for his money pocket. for extra yeah. money. Yeah. And um, I kind of reflect on that. And I think if I was still there and, and knowing what I know now and what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. I think the right thing to do would just be to uh, maybe have a conversation with him. But at the end of the day, especially because of the situation I was in, he's my boss, just accept it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Bible talks about it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. And it comes down, that, that thing was, wasn't going to pay my bills. It is an extra 20 or 40 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge deal. And even if they continue, you know, yeah, that could be hundreds of dollars in a year, but it's just not the biggest deal in the world. Mm. But I think where justice has to come through is, but is he doing something to harm me? Uh, you know, bigger than that. Is he do, is he sexually harassing somebody else at work? Is he doing something that could get the radio station in trouble with the FCC? Is he, there are things that I would need to go above him and tell my GM, Mm. Yeah, this person is, is is doing, you need to know about this because what he's doing is wrong. But for something like that, and I think we all got to gauge what we can live with and what we can't. But that just seems like something where I continue to hopefully let it go as much as I can mm-hmm. um, because I go, you know, he knows not what he does. Mm. I don't think he's a genuine believer and he knows not what he does. And in the right way, I should pity him. Mm to understand that this is how the world works and use this, use this as fuel for a witnessing opportunity mm-hmm. that then now my, my actions, especially if I let on that, I know about what he's doing and I, and I don't turn him in and I'm still nice to him. And I just think it's a situation like that. Not every situation is the same. Um, because again, like I said, justice needs to be served. He's doing something illegal. You turn him in. It just yeah. is what it is. If you're being abused in a relationship, you turn him in. Uh, I'm not saying to live with stuff like that, but when we can, um, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. It's to, um, when it talks about lawsuits, just live with what you can when it's not a big deal and live in forgiveness. I think this world is about making sure that people get their comeuppance. Yeah. And so if you do not, um, if you not, if you do not subscribe to the thought that there is a God in heaven who is going to take care of business one day, ultimately, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then what am I doing to make sure that I'm not a doormat, that you're not walking all over me? And how am I going to make sure that you're held accountable? Yeah. And part of me, it's, yeah, there's a balancing act with that, right? So part of us, like you were talking about, legally, if it's something exceptionally, excuse me, that takes exception to something that's so unethical. hmm you know, mm-hmm. I need to say something. I need to confront. David confronted Saul. You are doing this and this is not okay. Yeah. You keep chasing me. Um, con- confronting someone is, yeah, absolutely communicate that. Absolutely. And, or if you're not in a position to do that because of where you are on the, <laughs> the flow chart, get somebody in authority to do it if you need to. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's really important to recognize in every circumstance, there may be a different response. Yeah, And needing to, um, because it's not an all or nothing situation. God handled every every case that came to him differently. When Jesus was on this earth, every case was a different case. You notice there was one gentleman who whose eyes he healed. 
he spit in the dirt and he put mud on the eyes and he handled that one that way. Mm -hmm. Then there was another case where it just says they were healed. And then, I mean, there's many different ways that he handled it. I think that that, um, yes, that's just about healing. But no, I think it was many aspects to the way that Jesus taught and came alongside every disciple. That's why he had all these different kinds of disciples from different backgrounds and different jobs that they, they were all different. And he recognizes that we have to treat every set of circumstances differently. Why? Because every set of circumstances involves a different person who has a different story. Yeah. And, and even when the situation slightly changes, because, you know, this episode is how do we love our neighbor when they hurt us? Yeah. And so I think if the situation is I'm not the one with the injustice, mm -hmm. but I understand that my boss is stealing from somebody else. Mm -hmm. I, I think that changes things. I think maybe I can be more of an advocate. Mm -hmm. I should maybe step up and confront him or go to management. I, I just think when we're the ones that are being um, injustified, that's not a word, but when we're the ones being done wrong too, we really, really got to slow down and go, what is my right way of behavior? It and what is my outcome that I'm looking for? Is it self-serving? Because that's why you don't want to be selfish about it. Or is it because I want to serve others mm -hmm. and I'm seeing that this could become a problem in the future with, with this particular person, that they could be harmful to somebody else? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that those are important questions that we have to ask. And um, yeah. I'm so glad that we're talking about these things because it's just never... A, <laughs> Wouldn't it be great when you follow a recipe for a certain kind of cookie and you follow it that way every single time, you're always going to get the same cookie. Mm -hmm. That's a cookie. There is no recipe to follow for these kinds of circumstances. And God alone knows the infinite outcomes. Like we talk about, um, I think we've shared this before, the very end of Avengers. We know that there's this, this understanding between uh, Iron Man and Doctor Strange, that Doctor Strange has foreseen the millions of uh, of different scenarios. 14,600,301. There you go. All the scenarios, and there's only one where the outcome is good and Thanos is defeated. There's only one. So there's all these different stories happening all around us, and God is aware of all of them. So why would I not be taking every single one of my complaints, if you will, mm -hmm. my frustrations to yeah. God, because he's aware of them. Yeah. And he can help me with the one that I need to go on. Yeah. Um, you know, the Samaritan story is also a prime example of doing good to those who hurt you. The Samaritan, uh, we've shared this in podcasts before. I encourage you to go back and, and find some of the commentary that we've shared. But I think actually Jesus might've been talking about himself. He was a foreigner to the people that he was around. He was a foreigner from heaven. And he did the thing that nobody expected God to do. He took care of it himself. Mm -hmm. And so here's this man broken and bruised on the road and he's beaten up. And this man, a Samaritan who's despised, he's rejected by a certain populace, which if you can relate to that, maybe you're, you're listening, you're in a minority. You can relate to that from that perspective or perhaps you are to lower financial status and you can relate to it that way, whatever, put yourself in that position. Now you're at being asked by Jesus to be Jesus 
as the Good Samaritan, you see a person who's hurt. You see a person who represents everything that has hurt you. Mm. How can I love that person? And the wounds are addressed and he puts this enemy on his own camel, having to walk himself and then takes him to an inn, most likely an inn that was uh, foreign to him as well. So he puts him up. He even puts himself in a situation where the innkeeper could have taken advantage and asked for more money than he actually needed to give in order to help this guy. But he pays the debt. And not only does that, but it's like, all right, if you need more, I'm going to be back. And I'll bring more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take on all this responsibility. That's the way Jesus loved us. That's the way he calls us to love one another. There is nothing that this broken man on the road can do to sway him. But because Jesus is asking us to look to the father and not to the hurt. Yeah. We then should be able to say, yes, I, I'm willing to love my enemy. I'm willing because Jesus did that for me. So what I think of in this situation, it's not a, as personal. It's not the person that you know that has wronged you in the past, but it's somebody on the other side of the fence. Maybe. Yeah. And you can imagine, uh, you've seen the videos probably, something like a rally outside the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. pro-choice, pro-life, and a situation where there's incredible, uh, vile things being said on on both sides, quite frankly, at a a setting like that, um, where maybe, uh, I'll just say... uh, I don't want to make one look like the hero and one not. So let's just say one side is yelling at the other, saying these vile things. And a little bit later, the side that got yelled at, one let's just say one person's yelling at another. The person that got yelled at sees the person that had yelled at them earlier get trampled accidentally mm-hmm. or yelled out by their own side or beaten up by the other side yeah. or... And this person that had just minutes earlier been yelled at goes over and says, can I buy you lunch? Yeah. It's that type of thing here. Yeah. Where what you represent is the worst to me, but I saw you personally. I saw you as a human being Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go over in spite of even what you've done to me or what your side has done to me and let's go grab dinner. Don't we feel invigorated when we see that presented in a movie? Yeah. Like, Spider-Man recently did that in their movie where, you know, all these bad guys, he still wants to help them. Like they're the worst of the worst bad guys. Mm. And he's still trying to help them become something more than what they've allowed themselves to be. And at the core of it, that is every human being on this planet. Mm. Without Christ, there is a hopelessness And sometimes we give into that hopelessness and we just do whatever we want to do, right? And the words of Mufasa to Simba, you are more than you have become. I think this is God's word to us. You are more than you've become and it's in me that you're going to find the more. Yeah. So then like you were talking about having pity for the other, you're able to have that go, okay, that triggers that part of you that goes, that was me. I've discovered grace through Jesus Christ. I know better than the other person on the other side of that rally line. And I am seeing them being hurt. Get over yourself in this moment because it would be only my selfishness 
having nothing to do with the causes to why I'm there in the first place, but my selfishness, that would keep me from helping another human being in need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is, the, what is it that's motivating my walk? Is it Christ or is it how I think? Well, and that's, and that's the point is we're not the judge. And so we talked a little bit earlier about you know, the Oklahoma City bombing situation with Troy Finner. Um, but I think in, in whether it's legal or not, you know, he's protecting his, uh, those officers who are protecting yeah. Timothy McVeigh's legal rights. And that is a way of loving to make sure that a mob, enti- they could have just released him yeah. and the mob would have killed him yeah. like crazy. And, um, and so I think even in a not legal situation and just a, a, an offense situation, um, you try to put yourself in their shoes and what would I want if, mm-hmm. so if I rob a bank, I can't expect to just get off scot-free. I, I, there needs to be a penalty paid for a crime. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Yeah. But, and what I hope that I would have a fair trial. Yeah. What I hope that, the, you know, the, the, uh, if I go to prison, that the, uh, jail, the officers, the warden would treat me with respect. Um, that would, I'm not hopeless. That I'm not <laughs> hopeless. Would if if I hurt anybody's family, I I would hope that they would extend forgiveness for my screw up. So now that you know, you kind of get sucked out of that scenario, and you're on the the side that you you think you'd be on. You'd never rob a bank. You'd be the the one that would be hurt. Can I fight for somebody's fair trial? Mm. Can I, when possible, um, extend grace, even if it's just writing a letter mm. and go and just like Troy Finner said. Um, you have to love them at a distance. Sometimes you have to love them in jail. Yeah, penalty needs to be paid. But I can show them that I'm moving forward in forgiveness and won't hold this over their heads at every possible point. Yeah, one of the most difficult things that I've watched recently was a couple of parents in Uvalde that lost kids, mm. and they they're out and about. I don't know how this happened. It looked they were just at the side of the road but the shooter's mom was walking in somewhere and they saw her and they yelled at her and she yelled back. She said, I'm sorry, but she said, but you have no right to judge my son. And they were yelling all sorts of stuff as well. If I'm there, I'd probably just keep my mouth shut. Cause I, how are you going to tell somebody that went through that? Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But logically and, and biblically, more importantly, that's not going to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I, it's, it's hard for me to talk about because I have no right to be able to say what they should do. And I haven't been to a situation like that, but Christ does. Well, yeah, I was going to say, and biblically we can say, yeah, but I love the fact that you're being so compassionate about it. You're what I hear you saying is I get, and I have sympathy for mm -hmm, why mm -hmm. you would want to retaliate. Yes. Yes. But I also know that the Bible standards are there for me and those standards are loving too. That every time we have boundaries in place that God has our best interests at heart Mm -hmm. and that is his love for us that is supposed to be our protection, our shield. And so there are boundaries in place for us as his kids and that he asks us to have in place for others, which is kind of what makes me think about the situation we're just talking about. Why do we have rules and regulations that apply to men who viciously take away the rights and lives of others, why would we protect them? We have to have rules in place where we become this, I know better than you do society. Yeah, it's where, a mob, it's a mob. Where rules be 
uh, will rules be damned? Yeah. And that's, that's God's like, no, see, there's order to the things that I've established. Just look at creation. You've seen the freaky movies of mm-hmm. future apocalyptic times right. where, I mean, you name it, you know, Waterworld or Mad Max or, you know, there's yeah. these these gangs that roam the earth. A Quiet Place is one of the more recent ones where the, the guy is telling them, The Quiet Place 2, mm-hmm. you you don't know what people have become. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. see what they what they will do in order to survive. And we've seen it enough in in protests that get out of hand. Well, pain was caused. I can protest however I want. It that's not the situation that the Bible talks about. Chaos births chaos. Oh. And that should, even though we, we, you know, we can talk about all these, um, you know, instances that I'm not a part of, we could talk about protests and we could talk about rallies and we could talk about, you know, tragedies that, that I wasn't there for, but with what you just said, chaos brings chaos. I have to remember that personally for my individual relationships. Mm. And especially if I have any contact with that person that deeply wounded me recently or years ago. That's a quote that I need to remember for mm. how I treat them. Yeah. Because I believe true love, unconditional love, also births love. And so if I am allowing God to saturate my life with that love and, and I, I grow closer in my understanding of who he is, it is going to naturally be my response to those who hurt me as well. We're going to actually, this has been the the third part of our How to Love Our Neighbor series. Would encourage you. We went over grief. We went over people that reject God and how to love our neighbor today when they are our enemy. We're going to kind of extend this conversation next week at our live event yes. of how to forgive the unforgivable. So some of these thoughts, along with more feedback from the audience. We'd um, love to hear from you too. Maybe there's yeah. a situation where you're really struggling to forgive. And I have definitely been there. It's our emails, anything at hopeondemand.com. It's anything at hopeondemand.com. 